singers. Stephanie and Sharon, fantastic. They can sing. Hallelujah. I'm so happy on Friday night when I heard them. Singers that can actually sing. It's exciting. It's exciting. God good. Amen. Uh, oh, it's how many books I've got. I'm going to be here for hours this morning. Don't worry, we're not. You're all right. You're all right. God's good. Right. Oh, boy, which bit should we do? I was... Has anybody seen this video? I'll stand about here, then you're slightly out of the spit zone then. Um, anybody seen the video online of a cyclist who's figured out a way to cycle downhill in a race, but using less, less effort? I guess it's the physics of the whole thing. So imagine, if you will, if you can tolerate such a thing, a lycra-clad cyclist. I know. Anyway, we can wipe our minds out. We'll take communion at the end. Don't worry, we'll wipe up. So imagine a, a lycra-clad cyclist and they're heading into the downhill part of the race and instead of pedalling to try and make the most of the downhill, he just does... Does anybody know what the plank is? You know, when you just lie flat and you might do it on a table or a whatever, iron inboard. Well, he keeps on holding his handlebars and he rests his tummy on his saddle and he does the plank and he just begins to accelerate faster and faster. And in the video, you can see he starts to overtake all the other racers who are pedaling hard. And then he overtakes the motorbike at the front of the race. Merely by using the physics of a new posture, he was able to go faster than all the other guys who were using effort. And I felt God say, it's time that you can coast, but still increase momentum. Come on, somebody. There, there, there is a point in the seasons of your life when the worst is behind you. You've actually reached, after so many false horizons, you've reached the crest of the hill. Now just get into a posture where every, everything starts to work for you. Come on, make life work for you. We're going to make this venue work for us. We're going we're we're to make our prayer lives work for us. So, you know, sometimes you think, I've, I've got to get life better I'll try harder I can't remember who was preaching it but it's a great line don't try harder try higher try a different posture try a new approach to the way forward and so I think we have a tremendous opportunity right now to gain momentum but with God's help right now this God will put you through years when it's like sweeping water uphill everybody anybody ever done that anybody ever tried to sweep the, the, the mud and the sand out of their garage when there's an incoming wind. And you're like, oh, blooming there. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, for every half you do, there's two thirds back in the garage behind you. I know that didn't add up, but work with me. And, and, and sometimes it's like, you will go through times like that in life and God is building your strength. And so we, we can sulk, I'm good at that. We can object. We can have a pity party. Or we can realise that actually adverse winds are part of God's progress yeah. for our lives. In, I think it was the 90s when a load of scientists built this biosphere. Is, yeah, I don't know what it means either, but it looked like a kind of giant collection of the domes like out there. And they built this biosphere in the Arizona desert and put everything in it to be able to live there for a couple of years. And there was like a desert zone within the biosphere. There was a, a green zone within the biosphere. There's all kinds of things in there. So a group of scientists could live. I guess they were trying to 
you know, experiment what it might be to live on Mars or something like that. And they were there for a couple of years and everything grew and the trees grew and the plants grew and the food grew. But there was one thing that didn't go well. You see, the plants, the trees, they had light and they had water. And so they grew quite quickly. But because, well, they all started to fall over. And they were weak. And then they realized there's no wind in here. And it's affecting the root systems and it's affecting the bark. And so these trees without, let's use the word, adverse winds were too weak to survive. Now I don't know about you, I don't like adverse winds, anybody? No, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy with Greek beach Christianity. As long as it's not a shipwreck, right? I'm happy with Greek beach Christianity. But God will allow seasons when the wind comes against you to toughen you up, make you strong, put you through an assault course. It's sharing in the sufferings of Christ which earn us glory and momentum and potential. But I think we are now heading to a season when the wind is at our back. Come on, somebody. I mean, I've been through a few seasons in my life. Have you ever been there when it's easier to pray than not to pray? Now, some of you are going, no, never been there. <laughs> never been there in my life. Well, Holy Spirit, come and breathe upon us in this place. And put us in a place where the updraft of the Holy Spirit, the, the breeze behind us is carrying us forward. And if you just position yourself right, you will catch the breezes of heaven and he'll do something special. Amen. Amen. So let's look a little bit at how we posture our lives right. Ready for what? God wants to do. Uh, turn to the book of Ephesians if you've got it. Let's have a look around there. I can't see a clock anywhere. That's great. <laughs> Dominic, you're in charge of telling me when. Can you tell me when it's quarter to 12? Is that all right? What time is it now, someone? 20. Yeah. Who agrees that quarter to twelve is plenty of time? If the preacher hasn't said it by then, on a day like that, he should get off the platform, right? Where did I say to go? Ephesians. That's it. It sounded good at the time. Let's go then. The book of Ephesians. And, and you've got, I mean, guys, um, I'm, I'm going to bounce off the back of my dad's word last week, which essentially was, anybody remember? The three, three words? Read your Bible. You want to get your posture right? Yeah. Want to catch the breeze of the Spirit? Yeah. Read your Bible. Yeah. Why? Because then your Bible will read you and sort you out, cleanse you up and position you right, okay? So, but, so we're going to go a little bit deeper into that kind of thing. But let's look at the why before we look at the what for a minute. Um, Ephesians 1 and... Uh, oh, boy... Ephesians, oh right at the beginning, we'll do verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. There, there, there is a heavenly realm. Um, I can go in too many directions. Anybody feel like the heavens are thin over this place? Yeah. Right? There's, there's yeah. something, isn't there? And it's been around this, this, this region, this little area here, because, you know, we're, we're nestled in between Beverly, where there was a revival 1,300 years ago, and the Mew Abbey is just a couple of miles 
that way the remains of it the, the, so that's the monks that actually created hell I don't know what spiritually went on here but there's something in the spiritual realm I do know that I think it was the day we took the, the keys that Beatrice the owner was telling us a Christian family used to own this land and pray on it a big Christian family before they bought it or it might have been the person before that but there was a vibrant Christian family and presence here in this place there's something about the heavens being thin right you have uh, a life that is lived in two places. We've got our physical life that we, that we recognize, you know, we eat, we sleep, we feel, we, 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 we live. But who knows, there's an invisible realm too. And it does affect us. Yes. You know, there are places that you go, I don't really want to go there. It feels a bit oppressive. Anybody get yeah. that feeling? I don't really want to go there. It's, and then you go to other places where you go, ooh, and I feel it around here. And, and I feel it. You know, in a, in, a, in a few properties near here too. Just praying over, just gently, and like, just quietly, between me and Jesus. I'm not telling anyone. Um, uh, um, there's something. God right now, I've noticed it around the world. I've got prophetic friends around the world. And God is putting them in places where the heavens are thin. Because God is positioning people for the glory of God to move in the earth. There are hot spots going to erupt. Some will look like houses of prayer. Some will look like houses of healing. Others will be houses of, of community work. And, and some of them a whole, whole mixture of those sorts of things. But there's something about recognizing when God says to a community, right, I want to put you right there. And, and you know, um, uh, forget the events of this year. Last year at the end was bad enough for me. I remember there was one, um, one uh, week in December when I was on first name terms with eight solicitors in one week. I mean, so I, I contacted a prophetic friend and said, what on earth is going wrong? I have never known such uh, upheaval, chaos. We were homeless. Uh, we, we, have, we were moving at school, all, all sorts of things went on. There was attack from every single side. And I called a, a renowned international prophet, said, what on earth is going on? And she said, is there land involved? Oh, yeah, there is, because uh, this, was, this was happening. This started in me, not this spot, but another spot around the corner 18 months ago. And she said, the land is trying to stop you from settling. The enemy is at work to stop you at uh, accessing in the heavenlies things that are available for us as a family yes. right there's a heavenly realm and in that realm are healings and prayers and salvations and suddenly the heavens are thin and you know that one that you prayed for and nothing seems to happen it's like they're just a brick do you know what I mean have you got relatives or, or sorry friends like that and you just go can't get through but then you just get them in one place where the heavens are thin and suddenly they're crying suddenly they're breaking down suddenly they're touched by heaven because the heavens are thinner in that place Revive. we've landed in a place where the heavens are thin because God wants a harvest he wants to save souls he wants to heal lives listen I, I don't even understand this theologically but you can be five miles from here and not be healed or you can be here in the house of prayer and God will heal you there's, there's something about the activity in the heavenlies it's to do with angels it's to do with moves of the Holy Spirit now we have resources in the heavenly realms and God's put us in a place where the heavens are thin to say right begin to act Activate in the spirit, begin to operate. Some of you have given up on the prophetic because, well, it's been hard and it's been tough and I've maybe made a few mistakes here or there. Listen, just stir your desires in God because there's something in the heavens right here. There's something where you are going to see miracles and healings and clear prophecies and have encounters and dreams in this place because the heavens are thin. 
And this is what this is talking about. You're blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. There's just stuff available. Everybody say stuff. There's this stuff available from God and it's slightly mysterious. We don't fully understand it. But all I know, I've, I've been there again and again in my life. You go to, because I travel, right? You go to some places and you go, whoa, this is hard. I, 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 I'm not clever enough to really know what's happening in the spiritual realm. I'm always slightly suspicious of people that over-describe because I don't really think we're meant to. Even the prophets go, well, it was a bit like this and a bit like that. And it's all a bit, are they on drugs or is it God? Do you know what I mean? So that realm is a bit like that. But there's definitely places where you go, there's something wicked in this place. Yes. Or there's something that's really dulled the hearts of the church in this place. Then you walk into other places and you go, God is in this place. Yeah. It's like Jacob, it was a certain place. Yes. And there was a ladder between heaven and earth. Yes. God was there. Revive, God is here. God is here. You're going to find it easier to pray than not to pray. There's a move of the Spirit in this place. And you thought it was something wrong with you. It, it wasn't. Sometimes just even your spiritual life is just blooming hard work. But then God puts you in a spot where oh, we were made for this place. Right? Along our journey. It goes on in Ephesians and it, and it says um, uh, that you're, where does it say you're seated in heavenly places? It's got to be 2 verse 6. And God raised us up with Christ, Ephesians 2 6, and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. The, seated in the heavenly realms. Colossians talks about God. God has built, he's made thrones and authorities and stuff. There's there's thrones in the heavenly realm. You, now, it's a metaphor. Don't picture a seat or do if it helps you, but it's not really a seat. It's, it's a way to release authority. They're in the heavenly realms over Hull, over East Yorkshire, over the north of England, over England, over Wales. Over, there are seats, principalities and powers and authorities. We'll recognize that, right? But think of this. Your home has a throne too. Mum and dad sit on that throne and rule. That means rule with, 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 with kindness and nurturing and care. And also keep the devil out. Kick the devil out. Bind him. Bind sickness. Bind the attacks of the enemy. Bind depression. Bind mental illness. Release heaven on earth. There's a throne in your home. And you're blessed to sit on a throne in those heavenly realms and go, right. No, no, no. The devil doesn't rule in this home. God rules here. Jehovah Jireh rules over these finances. The healer rules over these bodies, right? Uh, dreams from heaven. Acts 2. What happens when the Holy Spirit's outpoured? This prophecies, dreams and visions. That's my house. Anybody? Now, we have a choice. we got to sit. It doesn't mean you've got to be noisy like me. But you sit in that throne and you rule because you were made to. Right? There's, there's resources for you in the heavenly realm. And don't 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 fall for the uh, uh, single mums. Don't fall for the well. There's not a man around. No 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 no. You got authority. It's very much a joint thing in the Bible if you read it properly. Don't don't get all, all weird on me. Rulership in the heavenly realms it, it is a partnership together, ruling two male and female, both like God. He created them. Right. There's something powerful there. When you come together as a team, or if there isn't a team, you still got full authority. 
you just got come yeah. on less socks to wash right ladies come on hallelujah <laughs> so maybe you're more blessed I don't know so listen we are seated in the heavenly places yeah. that means what does a king do it's all the servants that are stood up random the king sits tell the person next to you hello king tell him you're looking regal today you're looking regal today and then so I don't use up too much time Ephesians goes on in Ephesians 3 verse 10 it talks about the church declare, making known the manifold, the manifold wisdom of God in the heavenly realms and then the really well known one that you all know you go up to Ephesians 6 and it talks about us fighting in the heavenlies right yeah. fighting in the heavenlies yeah. now it's great theory how do we actually do it turn to the book of Genesis let's go there see if we can line this whole thing up right at the beginning of your book Genesis <laughs> you were made to rule and reign and fight and overcome beat the devil and use the name of Christ and uh, you can get into the slip stream of the spirit but it also doesn't mean that we just lie there uh, on the sofa and do nothing we need to activate the authorities given us amen and, and operate in it and so um, I just want to show you from the book of Genesis just for a few moments then we're going to pray and then we're done um, how the word of God does that Genesis 1 verse 1 I'm reading the uh, passion version it says when God created the heavens and the earth the earth was formless and empty with nothing but darkness draped over the deep God's spirit hovered over the face of the waters everybody say formless, formless. say empty. empty say the spirit hovered uh, literally the word means fluttered the spirit was fluttering so you got formlessness you got empty you got a fluttering holy spirit um, uh, and then God said right so many things in our lives where we need to exert authority require something solid to stand on the wise man built his house upon the rock right the rock of doing the word is what that is yeah. not do what I feel no. not um, uh, you know I'll just judge things by the state of my own heart do I feel it right do I feel it that's the current generation isn't it yes. you know I just want to be what I feel oh please don't you know, I just want to be myself no you're miserable be someone else <laughs> you know, you're doing our heads in this constant sense of my heart is the plumb line by which everything else gets judged that means you're worshipping you not God you're worshipping your intellect your ability to sense and let's be honest for every single one of us we're essentially worshipping our preferences 
So I just want to show to you for a minute, it's the word of God that will build us into authoritative people that will occupy this space and see God move. It doesn't matter how prophetic people like me are, you need the foundation of the word of God to be stirring in you. So my opinions aren't my own, but they're God's. They're held against the plumb line, not of my own heart, but of the unchanging, eternal words of heaven that have turned the world upside down again and again and again. I need to get this in me because I can't rely on my heart well even yours Jared you're amazing you're perfect I've never met anyone so humble I'm saying it for you because you're not saying it listen it doesn't every single one of us are open to deception and and, can we be honest stupidity so we need the word of God so everything's formless everything's void it's full of potential but it's formless and void and, and we've even got the Holy Spirit. He's fluttering. Ooh, I feel him. I sense him. Ooh, goosebumps. Goosebumps are neither here nor there. I don't know about you. I want authority, not goosebumps. Amen. I want to pray for sick people and they get healed. Amen. I want accurate wisdom from heaven so I know where to go. I want to speak over my kid's room and the atmosphere changes and God blesses him and he encounters God. And look at him. He's so cute. <laughs> With his size 11 feet. Can you believe it? Size 11. I've got size 8. I know that's a surprise because I'm so tall. But I've got size 11 feet. What is going on? Dear Jesus. It's just so wrong. Formless. Empty. You can even have the sense of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you really clearly. That is not enough to put life together and walk in authority. You've got to find a way to fall in love with this Bible. You've got to find a way to get it in you. Do, do it loud, do it quiet, listen to it. If, if you struggle with reading, uh, go, go to a Bible school, get an online Bible school. Just do something. But listen, you are formless and void. You are full of potential and very loved, but formless and void until the moment you allow him to speak to you. The moment you speak, well, the first thing that happened day one, light appears. The moment he speaks. Clarity. Ah, I get it. The moment he, you get his word beginning to soak over your soul, you're going to begin to live in the, ah, I get how life is put together. That makes sense. Then day two, it says this. Uh, We'll jump to there. And God said, let there be a dome. Oh, I like that. I don't know, just, it's just in there. What can I say? And then appeared there in Woodmansey. And God said, let there be a dome between the waters to separate the water above from the water below. Uh, everybody say above. above. Say below. below. So the first thing the Word of God's going to do when you just, you just begin to just play with it, read it, speed read it, slow read it, do the stories. I'm just going to do the Jacob story. I'm just going to do the David story. I'm just going to do the Elijah story. I'm just going to, I'm going to speed read Ezekiel. Good luck. I'm just going to, right? I'm going to stay awake all night and read Leviticus. Double good luck. So I'm going to start to put out there where to start reading. Little projects to do. I do little things like, I'm I'm just going to read all the red, all all the bits in red. I'm going to go through the gospel, just the bits in red. And I'm going to let Jesus shock the life out of me. Do you know, half the problem with the world is they just think Jesus was kind and meek and sweet. So you hear so much nonsense from people who even on the media purport to be Christians 
But you can see, but wasn't Jesus, he just loved everyone. I'm like, you've never read the book. He was wild, objectionable, rude, stirred it up, turned over tables. It's all in the book. But you see, you see these presenters on TV, they've never read it. They just, the only thing they remember is do to others as you want them to do to you. (laughs) It's about the only line, you know. So listen, the light of God comes into us when we start to just get this. It's the, the Bible, the word of God is living. It's not a dead book. It's not a, it's not another textbook like school. There's something about it. I don't know about you, when I get dull and I want to meet God, I've discovered this, I just, I just start to flip. And it's almost like, I don't know, can I say it? It's like he's in the pages. Do you know when Jesus, he came literally the word in the Bible, he is the Logos, which means he's the written word. Jesus is the, let your mind work around that one for a minute. It's too much of a mystery. It's like trying to explain the Trinity. But Jesus is the Logos. If you want to meet Jesus, pick up the Logos. Jesus is the Logos. So somehow when you open the word, that's why it's an indestructible book that is the bestseller of all time. Because it's Jesus on sale. It's Jesus given away by the Gideons into every hotel, right? So you open it, you start to meet Jesus. Well, I don't. Well, yeah, I approach it with faith. Right? Light comes. Then the second one, above and below. The word of God is living and active. It divides between soul and marrow. Is that right? You need, I need, we need the word of God to show us what in us is nonsense. For instance, we call it righteous indignation. God calls it unforgiveness. Work with me. When you start to get this word into you and you read it, and and the sword of the Spirit, the word of God, begins to needle away at your heart, and you go, You know what? I thought I had every right to be, but actually, it's a disguise for offense. The Bible actually says, If I don't forgive, I won't be forgiven. And in fact, there's plenty of stories that kind of say, My sins will be reinstated. Don't begin to pull at that thread, right? There's so many things in here. And as you read it, it will go separate between above and below. And you will begin to see you for the first time. That's above me. That's the below version of me. This is spirit. This is flesh is literally what it's saying there. That there's sides of you to go, okay, that's the bit. That's the God bit in me. This is the lower bit. Until you read it, you don't know. And so we live mixed and weak good fluttering moments of the Holy Spirit but great weakness because we think how we feel is the only opinion that matters I don't know about you I feel different after every pizza (laughs) feelings are not reliable the word is going to divide between above and below then day three it says um, let's, 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 let's gather the, the sky to one place let dry ground appear the word of God is going to give you something to build on your life will forever be sinking and, and reshaping sand until the word of God starts to build in you it's almost like you know in, in, in what is it Ezekiel 37 you've got, you've got bones and flesh and breath haven't you 
So the word of God is the bones bit. Gives you two minutes. Gives you skeletal strength. The word of God will create strength in you. Does anyone like me? I'm so bored of weakness. I just don't need it. I just don't need impatience. It's weak. I don't need selfishness. I want to live a remarkable life. It is the word that will stand you up on your feet and make you strong. It's the word of God that does it. Let's move on because we're running out of time. Dominic tells me. He's bullying me on the front row. (laughs) Day four. It, let there be bright lights to shine. Uh, you, so you've got, you, you, you got the sun and the moon and stuff like that, haven't you? To, to show you the seasons. And, and, and Dad this, did, did this so well last week. The word of God will show you what season you're at and how you should behave. Yeah. Right? Uh, stuff like, uh, um, uh, he made me like a polished arrow and hit me in his quiver. Now I hate it when I've gone through, see, and I've been through plenty like this. Say, God, I'm ready, I'm prepared, I'm armed, I'm loaded, I'm ready to do anything for you. Let me be the next John Wesley. Well, not John Wesley, actually, because he had a terrible marriage and his wife kept beating him up, so let's be someone better than that. It'd be good to have the same effect. Sorry, I'm digressing. Um, uh, When you say, God, where am I at? He says, right now I'm hiding you. Because you, you know the ways of God. Moses said, uh, uh, Moses stumbled across the favour of God and then he said, God, show me your ways so that I may continually find favour with you. Now, he wasn't lost, he wasn't a blind man in a black room, in a dark room looking for a black cat, you know what I mean? He was like, no, this is the ways of God. So you know I'm in a hidden season. You know even, and this is relevant, I know I'm in, a, I'm in an abounding season right now. Thank you, Jesus, do you like them? I'm in an abased season. Just just keep your selfish desires quiet, Cooper. I'm in an abased season. But like the Apostle Paul, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what that verse is actually about. I can live through the poverty bit and the prosperity bit with equal joy because I understand the seasons of heaven and how he works. This book puts stars in your sky so you know where you're at. This book gives you a true north. So you know, that's where we're at. We're in a tra- training season, we're in a hidden season. This is why I can stand up this morning and go, we're, we're in a, a season where momentum, the wind is behind us now, instead of blasting into our faces, we can begin to move and develop momentum in God. Amen? It all comes from this book. Let's, let's finish because I'm not landing it yet. Uh, uh, so the, the book will help you to read the seasons. Then, then all these animals are created. God will populate your vision through his word. Right? He'll bring people and things to you. Then here's where I want to land. Uh, day six, God makes man and woman. He makes man and wow, man, okay? And then he says to them, let them reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the livestock, and over the wild animals. And God said, and God said, and God said, and God said, and the lights came on, and God said, and I separated kind of dark me from light me, and and God said, and my life had substance to build on, and God said, and I understood the season I was in, so how I should behave, and how I knew God would react to how I would behave. It all comes from knowing the word. God said, and suddenly I was surrounded by, 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 by population. He filled my basket. He filled my quiver with blessing. And God said, and he gives you dominion. 
until you hear God say to you through his word as you're spending time with him it's not dry study spending time with the logos and he whispers in your ear you've got this your prayers are hammering this you are the authority because that's what day six was about man and woman you are the authority rule and reign doesn't mean be cruel doesn't mean be harsh it means care, nurture, control. It means keep the wild animals away from your kids. It, it, it means to rule with care and love and goodness. It's the word that does that in you. And God said, and God said, are you hearing him say enough? I just think the best place in the world is a cup of coffee. Other drinks are allowed. An open Bible that should look something like this scribbled all over you circle it something leaps in your spirit you scribble it how I use my Bible is once it's so scribbled I can't read it I get another one it's not there as an ornament it's there to somehow these phrases they're building me they're separating my above from my below they're giving me light they're showing what season I'm in but more than that they're giving me dominion in this book we will learn how to rule and reign on this little spot here in Woodmansea and see God move and see young people come to Christ. Through this book, we're going to learn how to walk with love and forgiveness and grace and see God transform lives, right? And, and, and through the book, day seven also happens. You enter his rest. You plank on the bicycle, knowing I know how to do this. I enter the rest of God. This is not about striving. It's about, listen to this, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Let. Let. He is leaping off the page to get into your heart, but sometimes we're too busy. Let the word of God dwell in you richly and you will reign in life. I put two scriptures together there, but it works. You will reign in life because you'll walk in his grace. Amen? Amen. That word of God. I was down at UCB this week. Brilliant ministry. You know, uh, several radio stations and the word for the day and all that kind of thing. They got a new app. Look it up. UCB. United Christian Broadcasts. And on it, they, they've suddenly been creating, um, in the last uh, couple of years, some new programming. Anybody remember David Taverner? who was part of our leadership. And then he went on to be head honcho for Songs of Praise. And then he now works at UCB. He's had a broadcasting for UCB. And he has been traveling around um, uh, the Holy Land with a theologian. And is just a program, a little half hour program, podcasts, of them going to all the sites where Jesus was. And they're getting hundreds of thousands, some even millions of hits and it's just tearing apart the Bible so it comes to life. It's applied theology. It's how does this theology apply to my life, right? And then they're just doing another one now in the footsteps of Paul going all around Turkey and uh, where else would it be? Cyprus, places like that. Um, they're at, along with the U version app, along with the UCB app, they've done one where it's every single book of the Bible in half an hour each. Genesis, 30 minutes. Exodus, 30 minutes. Go right the way through. Listen, there's every resource available right now. For you to even, if you don't like reading, you just put your headphones in and you just let, let, let. He's desperate to. Let him. 
let him dwell in you richly, what will the result be? Start to reign in life. Start to reign. So God give us grace. Let your word just come alive in this place. Amen. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's stand together for a minute.